the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You have the freedom to choose whether or not you put ketchup on a hamburger. Well, that is true. Well, what about choosing God? Do you have that freedom? Let's talk about that today here on Way of Grace with our teacher and pastor, Jessica Stan. You've heard the statement, no doubt. God is a gentleman. He'll never violate your will. Well, our hope and prayer is that he does. Because you see, that's precisely what it takes if you are to become a Christian. This is something that we are out of control with because we're dead in our trespasses and sins. Not in a comatose, not able to make some kind of decision, but none at all. Dead. Dead is dead, right? Let's catch up with Pastor Jessica Stand and more on today's broadcast of Way of Grace as we continue our series, The Myth That Man's Will is Free. When you're trying to talk to people about truth, you got to both be able to listen to yourself And listen to them as well. You cannot be so busy about what you are saying as to not be sure to what degree what you are saying is making sense to them so that you catch them at that point of mental distortion. You got to be able to catch them when they become distorted mentally. When they start to again uh, very off the path of what you're talking about. So <clears throat> when you're having a good conversation with somebody and you're objective enough to know where they are, you can lead them in the dialogue. Even if they don't agree with you, you do not need them to agree with you. You need them to understand you. You don't need them to agree. You need them to understand you. More than that, you need to understand them. <clears throat> so along the lines of your talking you get to that point where you go, okay, we're hitting the wall. We're hitting the wall. You've been there? We're hitting the wall. Okay, I need to stop right there in my mind. I need to either regroup how I want to now approach this point of conflict in our dialogue or back up and let them do a bit more talking so we can create another pathway to progress in our discourse. Does that make sense? All right, good. All right. Why do you not understand my speech? It's even because you cannot now what? All right, so if you're tracking, here's what happened. Jesus said one thing earlier. My word is not in you. That's what he said earlier. Now he's saying you can't hear my word. So on the one hand, it's not in you. And on the other hand, you're not letting it in. So there's no way you can naturally follow with me in wholehearted agreement 
because you shut the word out yesterday and you're shutting the word out now. And so you're simply tolerating me until you can push back and stop the conversation. Right. That's what's going on in the discourse here in John 8, verse 44. Here it is. Now, I want you to get this because this is where we're going to close and pick up our outline. Ye are of your father, the devil. Origin. That's the root of the tree. Ye are of your father, the devil. And the lust. That is the expression. That is the inclination. That is the drive. That is the passion. This, see the word lust right there? That will be a synonym for volition. I want you guys to get that. If you don't know what free will is or the will of man, it's the idea of volition. Volition is always the desire, the passion, the bent, the inclination, the drive, the aspiration, the want to, the want to. Here's what Jesus said. You are of your father, the devil, and his want to you will do. His want to, you will do. His lust, you will do. It's the analogy, again, of a slave master owning you and telling you, this is what I want you to do. And you're doing it. Yes. Now, this is what's going to lay out our, our discourse around the will of man here more shortly as we deal with it in our, in our, um, in our points. You are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks out of himself for he is a liar and the father of it. Now, what, what Jesus did with the ruler said is, watch this. Your master is the devil and he is a liar given to murder, murdering and not telling the truth. And guess what? You're going to bear the same kind of fruit that he does because you are of him. Does that follow? Yeah. Right. And so the Pharisees are fit to be tied now because Jesus has exposed them for the lie that they were not in bondage to any man. They are slaves of sin, like all of us as human beings are slaves of sin by nature. And that slavery to sin is a problem that goes deeper than just our choices. It goes to our nature and then also goes deeper than just our nature. It goes to who owns us spiritually. That's what the text is teaching. All right. So here's what I want to do now. Um, did we get the PowerPoint? Did uh, Tanshia get that? Good. All right. PowerPoint number one. I want to start working through this. That's why I just read that. I want to walk through the propositions that are in front of us now. And again, I want you guys to write down your questions because you really want to be able to work this one through. You may already be persuaded. And if you're already persuaded that uh, the proposition that we have in our title, the myth that man's will is free to do anything is unbiblical. If you're already persuaded of that, that's fine. But I am not persuaded that you are persuaded. And so I want you raising questions because this is a classic subject matter that goes way back historically um, to before the era of Christ when it comes to the nature and character of human beings. This really is a big enough subject for us to study many, many weeks as we did with the Trinity, but we will not.
All right. So under point number one, the Savior's view of the sinner. Sub point A, he is a slave to Satan and his own sinful nature. You guys got that now, right? That's sub point A. He is a slave to Satan and his own sinful nature. Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. Actually, start at verse 24. 2 Timothy 2, 24. I want you to hear how Paul tells Timothy, when you engage with people, you've got to remember it's very possible that that individual you're talking to is still a slave of Satan. And you can't force them intellectually into the truth without them being liberated from that relationship to satanic influence. Here it is. And the servant of the Lord must not what? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, are you Christian? Raise your hand if you're Christian. You are obligated not to strive when you're talking with people. You're obligated not to strive. All right, so. Pastor, what do you mean strive? I'm striving every day. Every time I turn around, I got to argue with people about this, that, and the other thing. Well, okay, so you need to, you need to be more diligent about um, terms, like the term striving. Um, it is not saying that the Christian should not engage in civil, rational discourse and disagreement with people. That's absolutely healthy and necessary. But striving here means that it is your primary aim to simply wrestle and argue with people to get your point across. That's what no Christian should be doing. Does that make some sense? All right. So I'm going to help you with that. Is that okay for me to do that? If you think by striving with someone, you can win the argument and get them to side with you. You don't believe that their will is in bondage to sin and Satan. You actually think their will is pliable enough for you to liberate it. For you to free it. For you to turn it. For you to guide it in the right path. So I've said this to our church for years now because we tout knowing sound doctrine. We love to tout sound doctrine of grace. I will say this, that in our church, we often understand the doctrine of human depravity relative to the bondage of the will. But we practice more free will than we do understanding how the bondage of the will works in most people. Do you understand the contradiction of that statement? The contradiction of the statement is, if you know that men and women are trapped in sinful patterns that are rooted in nature and in perpetual demonic control and influence, how do you think you are going to deliver them if Jesus doesn't deliver them? Am I making some sense? Right, so you are actually practicing free will when touting that you don't believe in it. All right, I'm just leaving that there. It's important to get. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be what? So there is your oppositional or what we would call 
um, uh, principle of integration. If I have an assignment to deal with somebody that I know at a deep core level is in, in prison to sin and entrapped in in by Satan, the first thing I have to be is gentle with that person. So gentleness is a strategy for integrating to get close enough to have a conversation by which hopefully their emotional guards are let down for us to have a conversation. Does that make some sense? All right, all right, good, very good. But be gentle unto all men, apt to what? That's what most people's problem is. Most people's problem. Most Christians don't know how to teach. Most Christians don't know how to teach. They know how to argue. They know how to debate. They know how to opinionate. They don't know how to teach. Right. So when you become a teacher, you become a learner. You love learning. And you're more engaged in understanding the process than the outcome. Way more important to a teacher is the process than the outcome. Right. So I'll give you a metaphor. I, I'm, a, I, I'm, a, I'm an archer. I shoot arrows. You, you know, I do archery. Does anybody know anything about archery? Do you know anything about archery? Give you a fundamental about archery. Archery is not about the target. It's not about the target. It's about the journey. Archery is about the journey. Archery is about the connection between you and the arrow and its journey to the target. The most accurate archers are deeply concerned about the journey of their arrow. That's how they hit the target more frequently. Consider the space between the archer and the target. Are you with me? All of this space and all of the dynamics that go on between the archer and the target. All of the variables, all of the things that can throw the arrow off course. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Well, it's the same thing when you and I are proceeding with a conversation that we're engaging with somebody with the goal of wanting them to come to a saving knowledge of our master. We have to consider that there are going to be a ton of different variables that take place before we actually hit that target. Do you know our arrow if we were to exacerbate it, it's doing all this kind of stuff as it's headed towards its target. Did you know that? It's not riding a straight line invariably to its target. It's traveling all kind of subtle ways and then re-course uh, correcting and hitting it. It's a mystery to it. It's a mystery to it. And so it is with, with teaching in the process of teaching. If you ever have the blessed outcome of people getting it, it was because the process that was engaged in was so deeply complex, but operating out of an organizational principle that gives the teacher hope that it will hit the bullseye at some point. Right. Very important. So I know I got to operate out of gentleness. I know that that's a rule. And then it goes on apt to teach, and then patient. Verse 25, here it is. In meekness, instructing those 
that do what? That oppose himself. So here we would assert that the man or the woman who professes to believe that man has a free will that is so free that it can do anything that it wants to, we believe they are opposing themselves. Now, the first premise upon which we believe that is that the word of God does not teach that. Does that make some sense? Right. So if the word of God does not teach that man's will is free to do anything that he wants to, and yet a person is holding that it does, that person is opposing themselves because they're holding a view that's contrary to the word of God. And particularly if they know it. If you come to them and share with them, no, the Bible does not teach the freedom of man's will has the capacity to do whatever it wants to. And they go, I don't believe that. They are opposing themselves now. At that point, you have to know what the game is. You're engaging with that person. All right. And meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, per adventure, will give them what? Do you know what repentance is? It's taking the will that's bent in a certain direction, holding a certain assumption, and liberating that will from that set of assumptions so it can go in the right direction. I love this because the word repentance here is the idea that the will can go from believing one thing to believing something else. But according to the text here, it can't do that unless God grants it repentance. Do you see that? So what the teacher is always doing while teaching is praying that God grants them a release from the prison of their false assumption so that they can now go in a course that's in harmony and agreement with God's word. It also means that if they do, that the teacher doesn't get credit for it. God does. And that means that the teacher has to be careful to keep his or her ego out of it. Now, the way you keep your ego out of it is that love has to be your motive. Love has to be your motive. Does it make some sense, Saint? Yes. Yeah. All right. Now, we can take that and apply that on so many levels. We can imply that in a relationship between a man and a woman, between siblings, between parents and children. You understand? Between colleagues. And I like doing this. This part that I'm doing now, I like doing this because when we're teaching merely a concept in the abstract sense, until we take it and employ it at the level that I'm talking about in the more important areas of your relational life, you may not take the admonition to do it the way that God wants it done seriously until you bump up against this same problem with people you care about. See what I'm getting at? Very important. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the what? Right, so they'll come in and say that man's will is free to do anything. If you labor with them long enough, 
to help them understand that this is unbiblical, they will at some point come to agree that it's what? Unbiblical. That is what we would want. All right, so under point number one, the Savior's view of the sinner is he is a slave to Satan and his sinful nature. So point A, man is not free to do whatever he wants. You see that proposition? All right, man is not free to do whatever he wants to. Now, I know you're good thinkers, but I'm going to drill you some more. If you don't mind, one day y'all won't have to be putting up with me. Isn't that an axiomatic statement? All right, so I'm going to help you. You're in class. Write it down. Axioms are self-evident truths that don't need a whole lot of evidence to affirm. So when we go, isn't that obvious? Isn't it obvious that man is not free to do whatever he wants? Somebody say amen. amen. Or yes, you don't have to be religious. Say yes. All right. You can wish or desire or volition to be a unicorn, a leprechaun, a mermaid. You can desire to be taller or smaller or wiser or richer, etc., etc., which will never ever really ultimately happen except in the mind of a child until that imaginary will bumps up against reality. And when reality hits the imaginary will in the face, it discovers that it was just a mythical desire that had no corresponding basis in reality. Does that make some sense? Here, stay with me. I want you to get this. So now I'm poking a bit at misuse of the will. Because if the volition, and it is, it's desire, it's passion, it's lust, it's choices. Choices is the outcome. Uh, It's an inclination towards, it's a wanting. Well, you can want anything you want to want, but just because you want it doesn't mean you can have it. Well, how are you going to tell somebody they have the right to just want to be whatever they want to be? And that's supposed to be a healthy thing when everything in your universe tells you there are only so many things you can possibly be. And within that limited possibility of what you can be, even yet still there will be only a few things that you will ultimately be. And if that's true, then your will has little power at all. So much for the almighty will of man. Are you guys with me? Now, you're laughing now, and we haven't even dug deeper. And I want to get through some of these because the questions that I posed here are really good. 
But you live in a world where we have already premised almost everything that exists in our society on the lie that man's will is free. So you don't get to just leave out the class tonight and go, you know what, man, that class was so great. I'm glad I got that. And that's all done with. Nope. You're going right back into a society where every day you hang out with people, they're going to be asserting this lie. And you're going to have to hold your peace because you already know now just by class one how much work it would take to begin to have a conversation with people around the limitations of the will in its reality. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.